Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster, and joining me tonight are my co-host, Willie Crocker. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And Tim Hicks. You have saved us. We are grateful. The claw. <laughs> um, so tonight, we're going to be talking about another group of resorts. You know, we talked about the Disney Springs resorts recently. Before that, we talked about the resorts along the Skyliner. Uh, so I guess, you know, we're kind of organizing them a little bit around transportation. It was the Skyliner resorts first. Then we talked about resorts that have some boat transportation. And now we're going to talk about some of the originals and the, the resorts that are served by the Walt Disney World monorail. But before we get into that, we do need to thank our podcast sponsors. Um, as always, we owe a big debt of thanks to uh, Kingdom Strollers that has been with us um, since we launched the the Dad Show back in the day. Um, Kingdom Strollers is Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental company. They uh, have a, a great pickup location there at Orlando International Airport and uh, really a terrific value to get your stroller rented in advance from them makes it much easier. You can take the stroller back and forth to the resort with you. You're not stuck, uh, you know, in a line at the park in the morning waiting to get a stroller. Uh, you're set and ready to roll and it prices out pretty favorably and is much more comfortable for the kids too. Um, so kingdom strollers, you can check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. Uh, we're also sponsored by our faithful travel sponsors, uh, wicked mouse travel out of Massachusetts. And uh, in the middle of the country here in Overland Park, Kansas, Mouse Master Travel, uh, both of us, uh, both agencies have agents scattered all around the country who would love to help you uh, get back to your Disney dream vacation. Um, you can yeah, yes. contact uh, Mouse Master Travel at mousemastertravel.com or Wicked Mouse Travel at wickedmousetravel.com. Uh, all right, guys. Monorail resorts, you know, these are, are all um, deluxe resorts. So you're getting the higher end amenities, the bigger rooms, um, bigger room capacity, even your, your standard room at any of the um, hotels we're going to talk about tonight will accommodate a family of five. Um, the only exceptions to that, I think, and, and you guys are the DVC guys, so you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think you can put five in the studios at Bay Lake Tower or Grand Floridian um, studios, a, a, unless it's it's a little one, right? Unless it's under nine years old. Uh, correct. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, but they'll all accommodate at least four, and most rooms will accommodate five. Frankly, all rooms will accommodate five, at least under some circumstances. Um, and I think we're going to get started here with, you know, the, the beginnings of, uh, Walt Disney World Resorts, really. Um, 
and it's hard to say, you know, one or the other because they were built at essentially the same time. Uh, but I think we'll start with Disney's Polynesian Resort. Um, it's the the first one that you know. It's kind of the beginning of the monorail line on that um, on that resort loop, and um, you know you've got your your pickup at the Polynesian. Um, it's a resort that's near and dear to my heart because it's the first place we stayed uh, at Walt Disney World on my first uh, you know Disney vacation. It's where I kind of fell in love with the whole Disney vacation experience. Um, but uh, I don't know, uh, Tim. You want to run down some of the basics of the Polynesian? Oh gosh, yes. You know, if if I had to be quarantined at any particular Disney resort, I would choose the Polynesian. It is uh, it is so classic, and and um, you know, you go all the way back to when it first opened. It was the Polynesian Village, and they've kind of readopted that name. Um, but that's the the one drawback is is that it's a little bit like Coronado Springs. If you've got especially the DVC rooms, they're a long, long walk around to get to those. But um, it's it's so pleasant because they've got so many beautiful palm trees, and the landscaping is really really lush. Um, the normal uh, rooms are really, really quite large. Uh, as and the DVC rooms were just redone a couple of years ago. Um, I like the Polynesian because it's got a, a, one of my favorite restaurants, Ohana. One of my favorite lounges. One of my favorite breakfast spots. You know, there's it. Uh, well, you've got Trader Sam's. You've got the you know the pineapple Dole whips, both in the uh, uh, was it Captain Hooks, I think, and the, the pineapple. Captain Hooks, yes, and the pineapple lanai. I mean, this is a this is a, a no lose, can't miss kind of place. <laughs> you haven't yeah. even talked about the pool. I know like, the pool is amazing, and it literally walks you right into Captain Cooks, which right. is like perfect. Like you have great food right next to the pool, and great beverage just down the yes. hall in Trader's Ams. All right, well let's let's dig a little deeper in those rooms because to me those those rooms there at the Polynesian really do kind of set the standard for the traditional Disney deluxe uh, hotel room. First of all, they're quite large. Um, They say, uh, let's see, hang on. I've got the numbers here. Um, Yeah. They, they, they refer to those uh, standard rooms at uh, 404 square feet. So over 400 square feet of space, you've got two queen beds in those rooms plus uh, a day bed that folds out into basically a full-size twin bed. Um, and I got to tell you, it's really comfortable. My kids fought over it. Like we ended up having to take turns who got to sleep in the day bed. Yeah, there's. I don't know that there are any other Disney resorts that that have quite that kind of space. I mean, um, Old Key West comes to mind. There, there, the rooms are really large, but um, uh, the Polynesian is just right on par with that. Right. So the standard rooms at the Polynesian, uh, um, Contemporary, and and Grand Floridian, which are the resorts we're going to talk about tonight, are, are frankly three of the largest standard rooms on property. Um, you know they're they're outfitted with the two queen beds and the um and the sleeper sofa. All the rooms have, well, I shouldn't say all. The most rooms have um, a patio or um, a sort of a balcony. <laughs> uh, it's you know a sliding door you can open. It's not really a balcony you could hang out on. It's sort of a faux balcony, but but at yeah. least you have that little you know landing spot. Um, the, you can the, get fresh air. 
Right, exactly. You know, now, those balconies really kind of uh, became the pattern for a lot of um, uh, multifamily places in the 80s. Uh, with the, the faux balcony that's really not more than about right. a foot out I think out they call there, them Romeo and Juliet to... balconies. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, the, the but the nice thing about – well, okay, two things. One is that, that if that's something that's important to you, um, make sure if you book a room at the Polynesian to request to be on the first or the third floor um, because second floor rooms, for whatever reason, have no balconies. <laughs> they skipped them. Right, they're kind of top-heavy like that, right? They're weird, yeah. Um, or bottom. Well, but the ground floor has those great patios. Yeah. They're, they're um, really- and, and frankly, you know, the, the patios um, – It Polynesian is one of the few resorts where I think I'd re- almost rather have the patio than the balcony just because the grounds, as Tim was saying, have the, the lush plant life. And it's just yeah. such a really relaxing place to be. I, I think I'd kind of like to be on the ground level. It you transports you to a place you've not been to before, you know, with all the, the yeah, it's just the, you just sit out there amongst all the greenery and the lighting and especially at night and uh, it's just amazing. And people want to talk to you. Like, I mean, you're sitting out there <laughs> and you get out into the grass, they want to talk and for like sure. hang out. Like, well, not me. I'm too weird for that. Well, but anyway. and, and that's one of the things about the atmosphere at the Polynesian that I love so much um, because that's really what makes it so different from the contemporary and Grand Floridian. It's a totally different layout. Unlike those other hotels, it's the one um, deluxe resort, I feel like, at Walt Disney World that is built in the way it is, which is you've got the um, – they call it the Great Ceremonial Hall, you know, the the central building with the restaurants and the check-in desk and the stores and all of that. And then you have the rooms divided up into multiple longhouses. And, and there are other ones of the properties that do that, but the Polynesian Village is the one that I think pulls it off. It works there because the longhouses are kind of just the right size, right? Um, you know, it's not too many people cram- crammed into a, a space, but they're also big enough that it never feels cramped. Um, and I think it helps make it a quieter resort because, you know, you you only have so many other guests sort of contributing noise to the same space, Completely agree. And that's the nice thing about the longhouses is there's not all that many rooms in each longhouse, comparatively speaking. Right. It's You never feel like you've walked so far that you have no idea where you're going. Like all-star, where you just keep walking and walking. Like you see a longhouse, and you, you're like, oh, okay, we're just one more longhouse away. And then when you get inside the longhouse, it's, not, it's like, oh, we're nine rooms down or we're 11 rooms down. And it's now- perfect. Tim did allude to one of the minor drawbacks, which is that it can sometimes be easy to kind of get turned around um, there at the Polynesian. The, the paths kind of wind around through the, the greenery and, and you know, the path you think is going to cut through doesn't always. Um, and that's true, but they do a pretty good job of having signage available. You just have to, you know, suppress the mail urge to refuse to look at signs. <laughs> right, and not follow directions. Well, you always know where you're going. You just might not get there the quickest way. Right. Yeah, right. you get there eventually. Right. But it's a it's a pleasant trip along the way. Right. Right. I, I mean, you might want to see the extra pool or, you know, like saw the beach or, you know, yeah. the talk about the pools, Willie. How those are nice. Oh though. my god. The the slide, the the main pool is out of this world. My kids could literally live there all day. And they're I mean, they're 14 and 12, so like they literally 
had a blast. You know, there's the pool is so large. It's so wide open. Um, lifeguards are everywhere. They have entertainment. Um, like I said, the slide is amazing. The bar is out of this world. They will bring you any drink and every drink from that bar. And the servers are amazing. They are waiting for you to sit down because they know you're there to have a good time. It's top-notch service. Absolutely. And and then the the quiet pool. Holy cow. It's a saltwater pool. And yeah, if you've never uh, swam in a saltwater pool, that is an experience in and of itself. It's it's much more easy to float. <laughs> a little extra buoyancy. <laughs> and you would have thought. Yep. <clears throat> and they're, they're prevalent in Arizona. I've I've had it. I've been in a few of them. Yeah, and it's quiet, like you said. Well, and you know what I love about the Polynesian is that it's got that intimate feel because of the way it's broken up with the longhouses, but it's also got really just about everything you could want. You've got the, as Tim was saying, it's got the restaurants, you know, one of my favorite food courts, Ohana. I really enjoy the really great bars, both the pool bar, the Tambu lounge upstairs was, you know, the one, it, it, it was at the top, you know, among the top hotel bars. And then they opened Trader Sam's in the same resort. So it's got all of those great features. Um, and in my opinion, um, it probably still has the best transportation availability of any Disney resort because Agreed. it's the only Walt Disney World resort that ha- that has direct access to two separate monorail lines, right? Because you can get on the the resort loop monorail that we're kind of using as our our map for this episode, where it'll take you from the Polynesian to the Grand Floridian or to the uh, Contemporary to the Grand Floridian, and then drop you at Magic Kingdom. Um, you can also walk really easily from the Polynesian to the Ticket and Transportation Center, right where you can pick up the uh, Epcot Express line. Right, so you've got access walk. to both monorail lines. Yep. You've got boat service to Magic Kingdom if you don't want to wait on a monorail. Multiple boats. Huh? Because you yes. can take the main boat and the Polynesian boat. Right, right. Yes. Exactly. I mean, right. it's like you got multiple boat options across and you've got buses to the the other parks. So um, it, it just, to me, it, in, in terms of convenience, it has the most transportation options. And in terms of recreation, in addition to all the things we've already talked about, you know, they still have a marina. Um, now they don't do nearly as many activities in the marina as they used to. That's kind of been true property wide, but it, it's still a nice little pier area. Right. right. And um, we were on a trip last August uh, where uh, several of us hopped on uh, uh, one of the um, uh, dessert cruises to go out and watch the fireworks. And that was just amazing. I mean, there's so many great things. Like I said, if I had to be quarantined anywhere, that would be the spot. Yeah. Because now, it has so much. A, a couple of quick things we should mention about um, Polynesian Village before we move on, just because they're they're, you know, significant things that are unique to them. Um, one is I happen to be a huge fan of the Polynesian village, um, club level. It's the only club level that has its own building. Um, Grand Floridian is close, but, uh, at, at, uh, Polynesian village, the, um, the Hawaii building is the, uh, club level building. And there's a, a terrific, you know, two story lounge, um, that 
always has you know, nice options available, you know, food, um, beer, wine, and things in the in the evening. Um, and it's it's set up so that there's this huge two-story picture window that you can see the fireworks in the Magic Kingdom, you know, sitting indoors, which if you're out Walt Disney World in the fall where you frequently get that evening rainstorm, it's there's nothing better, you know? Yeah, because you got the sound piped in too, so yep, you're not missing exactly. a thing. Right, so you're sitting there drinking, enjoying, and waiting, kind of like what we did at Top of the World. It's very similar to Top of the World. It's a little different angle, um, but, but, but I think you get an, a nice view. Um, and you know, the kids can can come back and watch in their pajamas. You don't have to worry about having to get on transportation to go back to the resort after. And you could run down to your room really quick if you need to go to the bathroom or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, now the, the, um, the Hawaii building also is unique, is somewhat unique in that, um, it's, it's sort of got an extra layer of security because um, it's the, because it's all club level guests, you have to scan in and that's been true even before magic bands. But um, you know, you, you have to be some, you have to have a room in the Hawaii building or your magic band won't open the exterior door to that building. Which is great because if you're paying for that, you should have that luxury. You should Absolutely. have the exclusive access. Yep. Right. And and I so. think it's a nice sort of extra layer of security for folks who have concerns about, you know, kids who might wander or things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Otherwise, it gives you that second chance. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I've got four words for you. Lapu, Lapu, uh-huh. <laughs> Back Scratcher, uh-huh. Back Scratcher, and Hippopotamitai. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that rounds it out. <laughs> Um, All of which you can get in the ceremonial hall. <laughs> now, we should also mention, too, um, as Tim referred to the, the DVC units that just opened within the last few years, because they are unique both at Polynesian Village and even within the, the DVC system. Um, I, I don't think there are any other rooms that are like these rooms. So the standard... Um, you know, what, what in other um, resorts would be referred to as just the, the deluxe studio. Um, so the deluxe studio at uh, Polynesian, first of all, it's 447 square feet. So we were already talking about the fact that the 407 square foot, you know, standard guest room felt spacious or 404 square foot. The, the deluxe studio is 447. So it's another, you know, 10% larger than yeah, the standard huge. guest room. It is immense. They're and what, enormous. And what you've got is, um, you know, the, the, you can put five guests in them plus a child under age three in a crib. So you could even get a family of six if one of them's a little one. Um, but it's, you've got a, a queen size bed, the queen size sleeper sofa, uh, and then the the pull down bed, which is is the smaller comes one, out the, comes the, out of the TV console, yeah. right? Uh, so that's the the nine years old or, or younger, um, but uh, still big enough for a crib, as you said. And right, and there's still plenty of space for a crib. You could put a crib at the other end of the hall, down by the door, and yeah. still have room. Yeah. Like, yes. Down by the first bathroom. <laughs> um, they did a <laughs> really shower. interesting job with the design of the bathrooms. Um, it's essentially, it seems to me it's like a riff on the the split bathrooms on Disney Cruise Line. They did, yeah. It's 
very similar. Um, they're really nice, but they're kind of weirdly set up. I mean, they're a little odd. So yeah, it's a little more awkward. Yeah, because you've got you've got a, a basically sliding doors and the sort of area with the the shower and bath um, sink. And, and toilet is like one area. And then there's a whole second area that has, um, another sink and, um, uh, like getting ready area. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just lots of space, well laid out. And again, they all, all these rooms have either a, um, a deck or a, um, a patio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And that's just the deluxe studio. I mean, it only goes up from there. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, well, and that's the other thing is that they only have two room categories, really. You've got the deluxe studio or the bungalow. And the bungalow was Disney's uh-huh. first uh-huh. foray into the, the you know, hot trend of, of rooms that are built out into the water. Um, they, they sort of replicated some of this uh, in the work they did at Wilderness Lodge, which we'll talk about on another show. But... Uh, for this one, they built these these bungalows. They're over a thousand square feet. They're nearly eleven hundred square they're feet. They're enormous. Huge. They're Bora Bora style bungalows. Bora Bora, yes. Yeah, they're out over that. the water. They have their own little uh, dive pool thing, or not dive pool, but swim pool. swimming pool thing. Plunge pool. Thank you. That's the word. So yeah, and they're they're what three bedrooms, but the space. No, is, that's just it. it that's it, the weird part. It's a two bedroom. Oh, two bedroom, right? They are the, they are two bedroom, but the space that they have yes. in these bungalows is ginormous. Right. I w- I have not stayed there yet. It's on my bucket list. It's a, it's an incredible space. I mean, if when you look at the layout of the space, you've got essentially two master bedrooms, right? Each each with a queen bed. Then you have a you know, oh, I'm sorry. One of them has a, a king bed, so. Fully equipped kitchen because it's a one bedroom or more DVC room. So it's a full kitchen, your master bedroom with a king bed, second bedroom with a queen bed and that, that fold down bed from the, the armoire. Um, and then you've still got another queen size sleeper sofa and a bunk size pull down bed in the living room. So you could have two of those younger kids with pull down beds plus a king bed plus Two queen beds. So, you know, lots of space. Um, now, they're not inexpensive. Um, we'll get not into, at all. We'll get into not pricing at, at some point, but um, it's a mortgage payment. Yeah. They're, they're, they're for a couple of years worth of points. Yeah. Yeah. For a night. Um, and then the, the other thing, <laughs> right. as you know, last kind of thought before we go away, you know, as long as we're talking about stuff that's expensive, um, they're also a very limited number of, two bedroom suites like two bedroom hotel room suites at the Polynesian. And, and you know, the, the reason that these rooms are kind of famous is that it's a room like this. That was where the Beatles broke up um, <laughs> hanging out at the Polynesian, but, um, but they weren't at the Polynesian. <laughs> no, they were. That's just, oh, it. they were, they yes. were, they were. Okay. So that's exactly what I'm saying. A lot, saying. A lot of history. Exactly. These rooms. Wow. Um, but these two bedroom suites are immense because you have to remember, first of all, they don't have the um, the full kitchen like the the DVC rooms have. But two bedrooms, king size bed, 
two queen-size beds, queen sleeper sofa, over 1,500 square feet. It's enormous for a hotel room. Enormous. It, it's just, I've, I've lived in an apartment that wasn't that big. Yeah. I, I had a two-bedroom apartment that was 1,200 square feet, and people thought we were crazy. We're like, what do you do with all this space? I, I knew people who had starter homes that were 1,500 square feet. Right? Yeah. And this is a hotel room. So yeah. now they're, they're really pricey, but they're the kind of room that, you know, if you're doing a, a something special, your family reunion, and it's grandma and grandpa's 50th anniversary, and, you know, you want to do something really special, that's the way to do it. And the key to it is that those rooms you're never going to find online. You've got to call and ask for them. So, um, you know, somebody who's a, a travel professional is going to know about these things and going to be able to help you do it. Um because if you just go online searching yourself, you're not going to find it. Um, and frankly, the, you know, you're playing cast member roulette if you call in um, to ask for it. Because if you don't know what you're asking for, they aren't going to be able to find it either. Another reason why it's best to call a travel advisor. Uh, all right. So enough gushing about the Polynesian. We had such a fantastic experience there with our first visit. I was sold on it for life. Um and ironically, I don't think I've spent a night there since. Um, <laughs> You're missing out. I know. Yes, well, you are. There's so many resorts I want to try, you know? I know. It's, it's hard. I keep getting talked, I keep talking myself out of going back. So, so let's go ahead and hop on that monorail and uh, take one stop on down the line to Disney's Contemporary Resort. And Contemporary Resort is the other resort that was built and and opened with Walt Disney World, you know, in 1971. Um, and it's also um, got large rooms compared to what we've been talking about at most other resorts so far. In fact, their rooms, standard rooms, are even larger than the rooms at Polynesian. Um, Polynesian... Each room is about 407 square feet. Um, standard rooms at uh, Disney's Contemporary Resort are uh, 437 square feet. So not quite 10% larger. Um, but larger nonetheless. Yes, but larger nonetheless. Uh, those standard rooms, it's the same layout, essentially, as the Polynesian. So your two queen beds plus the day bed to so easily accommodate five. Um they uh, they actually will allow you to have have six if one of those is a um, child under the age of three. So um, and and a few of the rooms have one king bed. Although it seems to me, and Willie, tell me if if you have had a different impression, but it seems to me that the king size bedrooms are becoming more and more rare. I think the king beds have almost all moved down to the garden rooms. Um, or they're handicap accessible rooms only. I think that's all they're left with now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. They're pretty rare. Um, and for those of you that don't know, the contemporary was – was the reason it is contemporary, um, most of you know this, some of you might not, is that this hotel was designed uh, with the element of uh, prefab in mind where the rooms could be prefabricated offsite and then just moved into position in, in the hotel. And that's a, that's a re, that's what makes it really cool, really different, really contemporary. Actually, the Polynesian was designed the same way. I did not know that. So both of those resorts were built by U.S. Steel. And there's a great story that basically, you know, 
everybody knows that the the story of Walt Disney World being built and they were way behind schedule and way over budget and you know all this stuff going on and US Steel was supposed to build these two hotels um and originally they were going to build and manage them right because at Disneyland Disney didn't own any hotels and they didn't plan on getting into the hotel business of Walt Disney World either but they were literally a few months from opening, way behind schedule, and U.S. Steel – there might have been a, a threat of a steelworker strike. Am I remembering that right? I think that's what it was, the steelworker strike of the 70s. The yeah, there was a late remember. 70s yep. – or early 70s steelworker strike, yeah. rumble, rumbles about a steelworker strike, and, you know – it was one of those things where U.S. Steel was used to the kinds of construction where they're building, you know, a brand new structure and something comes up like this. So they go back to the person who hired them to build it and they said, well, you know, looks like we're going to deliver about, you know, two months behind schedule. Well, that's fine unless you've advertised to the public that you're going to be taking resort reservations for people to check in on you know, October 1st, 1971. Our next date, yeah. That's a hard date, right? That's the date you have to open. <laughs> um, and apparently it was a big old blowout. And essentially, Disney did what they didn't want to do, <laughs> which was buy out U.S. Steel. And literally months before, you know, the Contemporary and Polynesian Village hotels opened, for the first time, Disney was in the hotel business. I think they made the right decision. But talk about a culture shock for the time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So they didn't know what they were doing. But, no. you know, here we go. Let's let's figure this out. How are we going to do this? Well, the only way you can do it is to uh, conveyor belt the whole thing, right? To standardize everything so that you could do well, everything in a conveyor, conveyor belt fashion. That, that, was, that was U.S. Steel's idea. Right, that was the U.S. Steel pitch okay, yep. that they would be able to do this, and and it would make it, you know, make them be able to go faster and deliver more, you know, sooner and all that. And so the idea was that, that each room could be built as a unit that could then be locked in place. Um, now, you you may have heard rumors that they were going to be able to renovate rooms that way too, right? You'd be able to pull them out and stick ones in. That was never actually part of the plan. Everybody understood that once they were installed. They were set, and the building was going to settle. Features. They were permanent. Yeah. They weren't going to be able to to swap out blocks. It, it looks like it on plans sometimes, which is, I think, why people get that idea. Um, but it was never intended to work that way. You couldn't do it today if you tried your hardest. No, it no. would be. I mean, the railing and the yeah, and ADA. they've all and they've all settled. Right. I mean, that building's moved thirty four different times. Right. Yeah. So, but. That that's why the room um, configurations are pretty similar, right? Because they were designed by the same folks who were looking for a standardized design because it was going to be easier to manage that way. Um, so um, uh, aside from that ramble, the biggest difference between Contemporary and Polynesian Village is Polynesian Village is, as we talked about, sort of distributed, right? You've got these longhouses, whereas uh, the Contemporary is a more traditional mm. high-rise hotel. Yeah, one enormous structure. Right. Yeah, you know, the, the the Polynesian's not more than three stories. So, you know, it's a, it's a big difference. Yeah. Right. And you go up 15 stories or you go up three stories, like, you know. <laughs> and really, at the Contemporary, the first three floors are nothing but um, 
convention rooms, uh, restaurants, things like that. Like you, you are really into, you know, check-in and restaurants, shops before you get to the hotel rooms. So, right. And it's a unique design. I mean, it's the, it's a, the iconic A-frame design that you recognize immediately. And, you know, the unique, the signature feature of contemporary, um, you know, why, why the A-frame design? Well, what goes right through the middle? The monorail, the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> well, maybe not because, you know, we have the Skyway now. But So, yeah, the, the monorail comes right through the lobby at um, – the the contemporary resort and it's it's sort of the blessing and the curse depending on your perspective um you know some people love it because it's the one resort where you actually can get on the monorail you don't even have to go outside it's right there inside in the covered lobby um and and you've got the majority of the rooms are in that main a-frame there used to be two wing sections one of those wing sections is gone because there's the DVC resort next door, Bay Lake Tower, which we'll talk about in a second. There is still one wing that's sort of the leftover wing. And the reason I mention it is for those of you who are interested in staying in a deluxe resort, but you know, the the price you're still still suffering some some price shock from the possibility. Um, this is where, especially during off-season times, you can capture some remarkable values staying in the garden wing um, at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Right, and most people don't know that the garden wing exists. They go, oh, well, there's the big A-frame building, and there's the Bay Lake Tower, and you know, there's my – no, 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 there's an opportunity there that it is uh, – like I said, talk to your travel advisor. We can make sure you get that. It's an extra five minutes of walking. You've walked two hours, you know, for the last 30 days. Like, why not 30 days? But you know what I mean? Like, add an extra five minutes and save 200 bucks a night. Yeah, it's, the, the value of it is really remarkable because the rooms are the same size and they're appointed just the same as the other rooms are. It's just that they're in a separate building. Now, having said that, I've had guests that have gone both directions. I've had guests that I thought I'd found them a great deal on a room in the garden wing. And they'll say, oh, but we don't want to stay in a separate room or a separate building. If it's not in the A-frame, it's not at the contemporary. So they want to be in the in the A-frame. On the other hand, I've had guests say, you know, it's got to be the garden wing. You know, we, we want the value. I don't understand why anybody would pay more <laughs> to be in the part that where the loud monorail comes through. Well, that's the thing. It, you can still stay in the luxury of the contemporary and not have the sound of Chef Mickey's, the monorail, and everything else, and thoroughly have an amazing experience. The bargain is unbelievable. It really yes. is. Big time. You're paying for location, and you're getting location. Because yeah. you can walk to the Magic Kingdom. So there, there is, uh, you know, Willie, you want to expand on that? That's To me, that's always been sort of the home run selling point to the contemporary. Right. Yeah, the contemporary has its own path that literally walks you with security as of today right into the Magic Kingdom. You do your security before you get anywhere near the ticket area and you literally scan your Magic Band and walk into the park. There is... No one ever at these lines. It's a, I'd say a nine to ten minute walk if you miss the crosswalk, 
and it's a simple walk. It's, you know, a beautiful path. It walks you right around the backside of um, Space Mountain all the way over to the main entrance, and it's very, very easy. It's a longer walk to get from Kadani Village to Jumbo House at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yes, yes it is, depending on which end you're at. Yeah, can be. Or anywhere at Old Key West. <laughs> right. True enough. Or yeah. Saratoga Springs for the most part. Well, and you know, I tell people that here the big selling point often for the contemporary is, you know, for those families that have younger kids, so you've got a kid in a stroller and being able to walk back and forth from the contemporary to Magic Kingdom, which is where they were already planning on spending the majority of their park time anyway, and not have to mess with folding up a stroller to get it on a bus or, you know, dealing with finding a monorail car with enough room to roll the the stroller onto, um, you know, for, for those folks, for people in wheelchairs even, um, it can be a lot more convenient than having to, to mess with transportation as good as the transportation is. Yeah, if, you've getting, never had to, if you've never had to do it, you just don't know. Right. Those of us who have had to do that, yeah. we get it. <laughs> or you get on the wrong monorail, and next thing you know, you're a TTC, yeah. and now you got to find a way back. Yeah, now you got to switch over or whatever. Right, you got to do the whole resort loop again. Like, that gets old fast. You making fun of me again for that being late to meet you at <laughs> Coronado? Hey, you know, <laughs> I'm late all the time too. You know that. <laughs> it's exactly what I did that day. Hey, we've all done it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, now that that's the main building, and about. the main building at the Contemporary um, is also where you're going to find all of your shops and restaurants. Um, it's got restaurants that are, are ones you know, you know, well, and maybe some you don't know as well. One of the most famous classic character meals is there at chef Mickey's, um, breakfast, right. lunch, and dinner, you know, last time they were open. Um, but there's also, uh, quick service locations and, um, you know, sort of the, the stepchild restaurant off in the corner, um, the wave of American flavors. Which is down a really on the first good floor. brunch nowadays. They've well, really I, stepped it up. I enjoy the wave in the first place. I mean, that was the very first meal I ever had there sold me on the place, right? It was really good. The service was really good. The drinks were really good. You know, I've I've gone back to there a number of times. And that's not taking anything away from, you know, Chef Mickey's or any other place there. But I really enjoy the wave. I, I like the food at the wave. I have to say that and now I'm going to sound like the, the grumpy old man, but dinner at the wave annoys the heck out of me because it seems that like right at six 30, the lights dim and they're so dim <laughs> that the menu is illegible. Well, it's also like, right. you feel like you're trapped because there's no windows. There's no anything. It's like you're in that corner cave. Well, right. that explains why Tim likes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still have to pull out my phone and, and turn it on to be able to read the menu. Exactly. Uh, grumpy old man. That's my point. <laughs> then again, but if the they give me enough tequila, to I won't missed. care. Right. I'm just saying. Um, and of course, it you know, the contemporary, I mean, you've got the wave essentially in the basement, right, at the, at the entry level. Um, if you go all the way up the tower um you you find a signature dining experience at california grill 
Um, and you know, it, it, it gives you really the full range. You've got Contempo Cafe in the lobby for quick service. You've got, which is very good. Contempo Cafe. Yeah. I had a bad experience at Contempo once, so I kind of stay away, but okay. Oh, I got the Chicago beef there once and then the pizza and you can get full there for like 12 bucks. Yeah. yeah, and I can understand you might have a good experience, you might not, but right. for me, I've not had a bad experience, but me either. Well, it might have been my own later. fault. I mean, we, we got back kind of late for Magic Kingdom, but we were really hungry, and so I got like a big thing. I just got an order of fries, and I think that the, the they weren't really pleased that I ordered fries just as they were trying to close, and um, yeah. You paid you know, the like, price. It was not a pretty <laughs> evening. Right at closing time, most any restaurants like that. Yeah. I mean, I honestly kind of felt bad, but I had to eat something. You were starving. I really was. <laughs> you didn't win a Mickey bar for the fourth time. Right. Uh, which is hard to admit, but, you know. Um, but but California Grill is a whole other experience. Um, you know, it's that rooftop restaurant. It's got beautiful views um, of the Magic Kingdom. It's got beautiful fireworks views. To me, what I love about it, though, more than the fireworks view is the sunset view. Um, you know, oh, fireworks, yeah. you're going to eat dinner at eight thirty, nine o'clock. It's kind of late. But if you're there for an early, you know, kind of early dinner-ish time, depending on when, obviously, time of, the, time of the year, but sunset over Magic Kingdom from Contemporary is just stunning. It's also got great service, so that helps. Great yes. service and great food. Yeah. yeah. No, and like you said, the view, because it's, I mean, what, what would you say? It's like a, not a 180 degree view, but it's close. It's close. To- yeah, it's awful close. They have the, they have a very large observation deck just outside the restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. And the nice thing about that deck is that as long as you've been at the restaurant that day, you can come back to watch fireworks that night. And that's true whether you're there for dinner at any time or you're there for uh, their their Sunday brunch. Which is another thing that I really want to do soon. Well, Tim's done the brunch. How good oh, was it? Oh, yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> How many hours? Uh, same in the week. Uh, about an hour and a half to really oh. do it right. Um, and you could probably linger longer between the mimosa and, and uh, Bloody Mary bars. And the food and stations. I do love both of those. <laughs> Not saying I'm an alcoholic, but I do enjoy mimosas and Bloody Marys. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You like your drinks. Right. And they do them well. So sue me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I guess it's what, about five years ago now? How long, how long has Bay Lake been open? 2012, I think. 2012. No, wow. Okay. So no, yeah. it was before that, wasn't it? Because we bought into Animal Kingdom and Bay Lake was the next thing to come uh, because my um, in-law, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law uh, bought into Bay Lake right after that. So I didn't right. think it was four it years. And I think yeah. it's 2010 now that you say that. Yeah, because we, we bought Animal Kingdom in 2008. So I want to say 2010 is probably about right. Uh, we, were, we were all too late. Official opening was August 4th, 2009. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah so, but once, did it once, really open, or that's when they started selling contracts? Once my um, sister, yeah, that's probably it. Because once my sister in law, you know, experienced DVC with us right after we bought in, that's when they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to buy in. Let's yeah, do this." The Kool Aid tastes great. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the Kool Aid. As far as I can was, tell, 
as far as I can tell, they they you know started taking guests in okay. 2009, um, in August 2009, um, and so you know what's what's um, what's interesting about this is that they built this separate standalone tower and then built a really nice um, sort of causeway bridge from Disney's Contemporary Resort to um, Bay Lake Tower, connecting them. It is also, if you're not prepared for it, the most confusing experience you can have in a hotel when you pass <laughs> from one to the other and try to figure out where you are. Why, you don't like to go from floor five to floor four or floor three? <laughs> I mean, it, it is confusing, yeah. but it's a great view if you get one of the in rooms when they have the in slots to watch the fireworks. Oh, but hang on, you don't have to be in one of the in rooms. Um, no, on there. the on the bridge. Oh yeah, you're just peeking out. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. But no, in January when we went, we spent one night in a two bedroom in Bay Lake. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And we talked about this before. The two two bedrooms in Bay Lake. So, so huge. I, I had to walk around and just take video of the place because it was so huge. And, you know, you got two big bedrooms, but you've also got three bathrooms. Three bathrooms in a suite? Really? What are we talking about here? And the two bedrooms have two full balconies. Yes, they do. And we made use of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- those two bedroom uh, theme park view rooms in particular are just spectacular. Yeah, and that's what we had to is the theme park view because that just happened to be the only thing that was available. Right. Oh darn. Yeah. Now, Chuck Darns. Just out of curiosity, any anybody know what the the least expensive nightly rack rate for um a, a uh two bedroom um let's see if I can, there we go. Uh the two bedroom theme park view room is. Yeah, you're cheating. I won't venture a guess. That's like twelve hundred, twelve fifty, at least. Well, you're you're close. You actually are close. I'm pretty impressed. Um, during the the absolute least expensive value season, basically from sort of middle end of August to middle of September, that room goes for um, just under fourteen hundred dollars a night during the week, and um, fourteen seventy eight. Uh, for weekend nights. Well, let me tell you, that's a bargain. If you need a two bedroom, that is a bargain. And that sleeps nine, if I'm not mistaken, easily, comfortably. You yeah. see two, four, six, six yeah, nine, eight, easily. nine, and three bathrooms. I mean, that makes. I mean, that makes some houses look like <laughs> like ridiculous, right? Right. Exactly. You can. You got three bathrooms for people to be getting ready. Uh, yeah, it's like it's crazy. Yeah, huge space, well-utilized space, beautiful space, um, very comfortable. It is pricey. Um, Peak pricing, by the way, just because I happen to be looking at it, um, from from Christmas to New Year's Eve. Anybody even want to guess? Sixteen fifty. No, it's north of that. It's north of that. Sixteen fifty isn't even close. Oh. So yeah, is it up there with the bungalows? About two grand or more. So two thousand. Like, how about two thousand six hundred forty-nine dollars a night? Oh, so that's bungalow moly. price. Yeah. Um, the well, 
the the bungalow in the off season. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, the, the bungalows have gone up too. Um, so the bungalows are oh, no, it's not bungalow pricing. Do you want to know what the bungalows cost during that same time frame? Oh God, Tell Polynesian us. village bungalows. $5,259 a night. Oh, man. And they but accommodate half as many people as as that two-bedroom at the Contemporary. Right? But the people will pay it. Yep. Because it's amazing. It's over the water. It, it's really very – I mean, if, if, if you know what I'm talking about, the Bora Bora-style hotels, it is like that. It is really like that. So yeah. for seven nights with tax – at the bungalows is $40,930 for the room. When you're ready to book that, give me a call. We'll help you out. Or you happen. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I probably can't. I'll go and on vacation with you. Yeah, that, that's the hard <laughs> right? part. The reality is we probably nice. can't help you do that because they're the – the reason that they price like that is because there are only a few of them. And yeah, those DVC owners tend to book them out. You know, it's that room is probably booked now. For you're not getting it for Christmas. You're not getting it for New Year's right. or Thanksgiving. No, you're not. Oh, yeah, that's when it's it's most expensive. Even at the least expensive, um, you know, that room is nearly three thousand dollars a night. It straddles three thousand dollars a night, depending on whether it's weekday or weekend. I have I'm walked through seven. there and seen some empty bungalows. I'm just saying. I have. To. I've <laughs> seen happens. a lot of empty bum- bungalows. I was there in November and there was at least eight empty. Wow. Yeah, we've already covered the bungalows. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, all gone. they're off the chart. All right. So so back over to Bay Lake Tower. Um, you know, obviously because it's a the DVC resort. Um, you know, all of these one bedroom, two bedroom, and um. Even the the three bed is is it three bedroom grand villas or two bedroom two story? Which do they do? Three bedroom grand villas. I've booked one. Yeah. Okay. It's three. So yeah, so they do have a few, but a very few, like so so few three bedroom grand villas that they don't even list them. I think there's four. I think there's two on each side. Okay. Um, And are they true three bedrooms or are they two bedrooms with a one bedroom lock off attached? They are true three bedrooms with the master bedroom upstairs, ah, right? And they're absolutely amazing. They're the ones when you look up at the building, you can see the like the chandelier. Okay. You're like, oh, that's where I want to stay, and then you know you can't stay there. You'll right. And just so you there. understand what I'm what I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm actually looking at the the official Disney Resort flyer for mm-hmm. Disney's Contemporary Resort and Bay Lake Tower, um, and they don't mention the existence of. The well, I'm villas. sure they're they're perpetually occupied, right? Well, and and you know, perpetually well, occupied by DVC members, right? I mean, it's right. got to be even incredibly rare for them to be available to be booked by a cash guest. So I Probably. booked a cash guest there last year in April for April vacation. Oh wow! Oh, get out theme park view, and I oh, booked it the oh. minute they opened up, and the family has still sent me emails to this day saying it was the greatest vacation they've ever been on. There you no go. doubt. And yeah. that room had to be close to three grand a night, at least. Uh, Probably more because it was April vacation. Yeah, it was a little more. I, I can imagine it was. Yeah. A good uh, but, job on but, that one, man. You know, you're paying for the experience. It's a fantastic experience. You know, I shared a, a two-bedroom with a bunch of other guys for a, a Disdads Club um, gathering in, in January a few years back. And, you know, it, it was really easy for – 
a group of, I think there were like eight of us in the room, you know, sharing the space. It was not, it never felt crowded or uncomfortable. It never felt cramped. There was plenty of space The you could use the kitchen and it didn't feel like you couldn't also be relaxing in the, in the parlor area. Cause it was open enough that, you know, it didn't feel like it was on top of you. That's the thing about it. I've never stayed in the contemporary or Bay Lake that I didn't feel like we just had gobs and gobs of room. Yeah. Right. I mean, you never felt like someone was in your way, even walking through the hallways. There's still so much space. Like yeah. it's, yeah. And, and, you know, look, when the, when the fireworks start up and you have that theme park view at Bay Lake Tower and, you know, they, you, you've got your, your TV turned on with it on the right channel and, you know, they play a little tone that tells you that the fireworks are about to start, go to that balcony. And I mean, it, it's like the ultimate 3D theater experience, right? Because, you know, for you, real. Yeah, because it's real and you you open the the curtain to your your balcony and it's it's like the Magic Kingdom fireworks are happening just past your proscenium. It's like pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's like holy exactly. cow, here we are. Wow. <laughs> just don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> now, that said, that said, I will I will add this. Um unless Having that theme park view is very important to you. I think the much better value is the lake view at the contemporary because other than the fireworks themselves and the view of the theme park, you know, what's between you and the theme park is the parking lot. Yep. So most of your view in the foreground is the parking lot. And that's my sister-in-law's favorite view too, is, is the lake view. Yeah. Because that lake view is a beautiful view of Bay Lake and the boats going back and forth and the other resorts. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get the other parks that you look out over. Right. You're up, you're up 15 stories basically. So like you're looking out at some of the other amazing, you can see the, um, is it the W from over to the left. Uh, yeah. Four Seasons. Yeah. Four Seasons. Oh, four four oh, Seasons, okay. yeah. I think it was the right, but I mean, like, you have no, all right. those you probably see both. Doors. Right. I mean, like, you can see Wilderness, the, the cabins and everything else. Yeah. Like, it's a great view. So, and I, the Electric Parade. Yeah. Electric Parade comes on both sides, so it's like, why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm a big fan of the of the lake view there at, at the contemporary, just partially because as as wonderful and as I gushed about the theme park view, the price premium for it, you know, it's pretty steep. It is, and, and like you said, it's not the most relaxing view you could have. You know, it's it's all what you're there for. Because hey, I can go up to the top of the world lounge grab a drink, go outside and watch it from there and get the same view as I would from the theme park view rooms. Meanwhile, the rest of the time, if I get that, that lake view room, you know, I can go, I can go out in the morning with my coffee out on the balcony and just sit and enjoy that view and just take in the morning. And a few boats rolling around that are just trolling and this water ski, not, not water skiing anymore, but you know, when they used to water ski in the, um, what was the, when they used to take you up in the air. Oh, um, the the yeah the the um, yeah uh, parasailing parasailing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that yes yes. Yeah, and then the the few you know fishing boats that would go out, which were awesome. Yeah, but now the interesting thing to me is that that the price premium um, 
is you know, not as big during the most popular times of year, just because all the prices go up. But the rest of the year, you know, you can be talking about even in a one bedroom, you can talking, you can be talking about a difference of easily, you know, over a hundred dollars a night. For how many points? I mean, several points. Instead of a a lake view. Yeah. Several points. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, if you're in the parks till nine and 10 at night, don't waste your money on the theme no. park view. Like, no, if you're going to be in the park for the fireworks anyway, don't. Go, don't. go, go enjoy the fireworks at the park and then come home. Well, but uh, this is what I'm saying. It all depends on what's important to you. Like, Correct. if it's critically important to you that you see the fireworks and you're traveling during a time when it commonly rains, do the theme park view. I mean, you're not going to get. You're not going to miss because your kids were complaining they were getting rained on because the fireworks are going to happen anyway, unless it's a total downpour. So, you know, there's, there's value there. Yeah. It costs you some money, but if you've got the money to spend and that's, what's important to you. Right. And if you, if you watch the fireworks three times in your room, you're getting the money out of it and you're not soaked. You're not like, we were soaked, Aaron. Oh, and we didn't even even get to see everything from there. Right, like it, it, it's like it's like we always say. It's how you like to vacation. How do you like to vacation? Right. You want to sit in the crowds on Main Street or in the in the hub, trying to watch the fireworks with a zillion other people, you know, smelly and you know, bouncing up against you, or do you want to be able to, you know, sit in your own space and have your own beverages, cold water, whatever it is that you want well, to, now, to now, now enjoy while you're watching? Now you're going to take us back down the conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago. We, we have True no enough. idea what the capacity of the park is going to look like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Everything is different. Everything's going to be different. But, you know, it's it's how you want a vacation. And yes. that's what we want to that's what we want to drive at is how you like to vacation. If you want to be in the crowds, go be in the crowds. If you if you want to be in the crowds, don't get the theme park view because it doesn't make sense to do that. Right. You know, get one of the more relaxing views like the like like the lake view, the you know. If you're, if you don't care about the view, then you know the parking lot view is great. It's fine. Right. If you're not planning to spend your time in the room, you know the rooms are nice. The rooms are big. The rooms are comfortable. Right. But it's all how you want to vacation. Right. And it's great space too. So it's a matter of weighing out your options. If you if if it's just the space, then don't pay extra for the view. Is the point? Exactly. But if that's what you want to do, if you want to be able to avoid the crowds and sit on your balcony, then the theme park view is appropriate. Sure. That's great. But don't forget, you can also go to the Top of the World Lounge if you're staying in Bay Lake Tower. Go to the Top of the World Lounge and watch it from there. That works, too, because uh, they've got that music you, piped in. Yeah, but you got to have a DVC member with you. Yeah, that's You don't true. get to go up there just because you stay in the tower. That's true. Yeah, that's it's, a, true. it's a members club for DVC owners only. Um, all right. Well, so we, we've talked about the Polynesian, we've talked about the contemporary and, and as much as I love the Polynesian dining scene, um, I think it probably shines the best, frankly, in the bar scene, um, you know, contemporary kind of kicks it up a notch. I mean, you have some great things happening at, at the Polynesian with Ohana, with the quick service, with, um, uh, the spirit of Aloha show, which is getting a little frankly tired in my opinion it's a little dated really dated um you move up to the contemporary and in addition to your you, you've got a broader range right you've got your character meal you've got a separate um you know sort of i don't want to say gourmet because it's a one credit 
basic meal, but but you know it's the the American flavors, and they they really do emphasize locally sourced produce and and um, you know farm to table kind of of approach to food at at the wave. You've got your high end at the contemporary, so you've got a broader range, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Well, yeah, experience. And, and I've never had a bad experience at the Wave. I've never had a bit of bad experience at any of the places in the Contemporary. Absolutely not. No, it's it's good. I now, agree. When we get back on the monorail and headed over to Grand Floridian, there is where we kind of get to foodie heaven, because Grand mm-hmm. Floridian has more restaurants and it has more signature restaurants than any other Disney resort. You're going to say it's more high-end restaurants and more high-end places to grab a drink, too. Well, that's true, too. Way high-end. That's Aaron and I found out. Right. So, (laughs) so Grand Floridian um, was was sort of built with the intention of it becoming the new flagship for Walt Disney World. The idea was for it to represent sort of turning a page. You had the the – Polynesian and the and contemporary resorts that were um in 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 I guess some people's view sort of old Disney, right? Traditional Disney. You know, Grand Floridian was a Michael Eisner project and it was a, you know, let's let's build a new, more modern upscale hotel. Um kind of a new Arish, yeah. Yeah. Uh and and it's built, you know, borrowing its design cues. I mean Polynesian and contemporary each sort of have their own style, right? I mean, Polynesian is a a, a theme park version of a, a Polynesian resort. Contemporary, you don't find anything like that anywhere. So I don't know what you compare it to. Uh, but Grand Floridian's an entirely different animal, isn't it? Well, so it's kind of a copy almost. Um, not not right. verbatim, but it takes heavy design cues from the uh, famous Hotel Del Coronado in California. And um, a lot of its design, you could see if you looked at a, an aerial photo of the Del Coronado. Well, and if you've ever been into San Diego and been to the Hotel Del Coronado, oh, wow. It is – you can look at it and go – Oh, I've seen this before. Where was it? Oh, it was the Grand Floridian. Absolutely. <laughs> now, that's very true of the exterior. The interior right. is really another another world. Um the the interior of Grand Floridian, we talked about how at the Polynesian you you, you got more of a intimate feel even in the great ceremonial house and even though it's sort of an open two-story three-story space now, two-story space now. Um you know, it, it still feels more intimate. The the contemporary has that very sleek, very modern, um, you know, partitioned spaces that don't have um, that don't have their own separate ceilings with, you know, open open ceilings to the roof and um, you know, very, very modern feel. You get to Grand Floridian and the exterior is very you know, San Diego. But as soon as you walk through the doors into that lobby, it very much transports you to another time and place entirely. Exactly. The interior of the Grand Floridian is meant to resemble a big ship, just kind of inverted as it were. But that whole idea of it being open all the way up to the top, but but ringed by the balconies and the rooms, and it's, it's, it's very inverted ship-like. 
Right. So it's that sort of grand atrium feel and, and the materials and the design styles and all of that are, are very much, um, you know, Victorian flavored. Um, you've got that, that feeling of, of, you know, Mary Poppins could be coming around the corner dusting. Exactly. And she is. Yeah. And especially in, uh, in, in the, in the, the, what is it? Park 42, was it? Uh, nineteen hundred park fair. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm like it's late at night, so I'm kind of it's like, okay. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I can see where but your you know glasses is. Yes, you know where my room glass is too. But uh, yeah, you know, she'll stand out in the in the um, in the entrance way and you know, take the photos and uh, spit spot. Get yeah. yourself ready to go on for dinner. So you've got a, a fantastic range of dining options at Grand Floridian. I mean, you've got your your basic Grand Floridian Cafe. The whole idea is that this is this is the Grand Floridian's you know take on a coffee shop, which it's kind of ironic because you know it, it's it's one credit. It's a you know supposed to be its sort of most basic dining option. But Willie, you're shaking your head. Grand Floridian Cafe is not just you know diner food, is it? <laughs> It's literally legit food. Like they have everything. You could literally do a full sit down meal there and have a really nice meal there. And I send a lot of clients there because if they're staying there and they want something quick and easy with the kids after they got off a flight, you can go right in and have a nice, easy meal. And like you said, it's one credit quick and easy. Exactly. Very nice. You know, my first my first venture into that property, my wife and I went and sat at the pool bar, just at the pool bar, and just had a spectacular time. the 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 drink selection was amazing, and the service was top notch. The whole thing is just top of the line. Yeah, I mean, the the interesting thing about Grand Floridian Cafe is that it, it is supposed to be sort of the mainstream dining room. But if you look at their dinner menu, you know, they also, at every turn, recognize where they are, right? So, you know, yes, they, they've got a burger because it's a cafe, so you're going to have a burger. But their burger is a lobster thermidor burger, which, you know, has big chunks of lobster on it. <laughs> and that's that? the thing, like. You know, like you said, it's a one credit meal, but you're getting lobster for one credit. Like right. you can't get lobster anywhere else for one credit, especially at the Grand Floridian. There's yeah, they, nowhere you can. They've got a, they've got steak and scallops for thirty two dollars. I mean, I know it's thirty dollars sounds like a lot, but for one steak credit. and scallops, yeah. And you know, it's not going to be bad. It's not like no, you know, no. it, it, it's going to be good. Now, I, I will say my one complaint. With with Grand Floridian Cafe is that I think that sometimes they overdo it, like they try too hard to take the simple dish you to take the simple dish and fancy it up, and I wish they just focus on executing the basic dish really well instead. Right. But that said, what's cool about it is you're still going to find some really unique menu items there that are familiar enough that you're comfortable ordering them, and chances are you're going to enjoy them. Yeah, it's just, it's fair that you're not going to find anywhere else. And like you said, it's it's for the the foodies that are a little bit adventurous that want to see that basic dish taken a little step farther. Yeah, um, and, and you can always get a reservation there, which yeah. is nice because like, it's a good size restaurant. Um, right. 
they turn tables pretty well. And it, it just, people don't think about it because it's overshadowed by the other dining options there at Grand Floridian. Because, you know, yeah, so we've got Grand Floridian Cafe, but then we also have two signature restaurants, Citrico's yes. and Narcusi's. Yes. Plus Victorian Albert's, which is its own culinary destination, Walt Disney World or not. It's someplace I'll never eat. I know um, that. <laughs> it's someplace that you would go even if you're not going to Disney. Right. You that's what I'm saying. A nice dinner. Exactly. Right. It's a right? destination restaurant, a, whether or not a it's in a Disney location. resort. Yeah. yeah. And 1900 Park Fair, which is a character meal. So you've got all of these, you know, variety of table service restaurant options, and um, it, it's more options and especially more uh, high-end options than you're going to find at any other Disney hotel. Yeah, even just the the the, the nineteen hundred Park Fair. Yeah, it's a character meal, but the. F- the food, yes, it's a buffet, but the food is really – I've never had anything there that I didn't feel like was very high quality, top-notch. Maybe not – okay, maybe not what you expect. Uh, steak and lobster place necessarily, okay? But the food was really, really good. You're not going to walk out of there hungry, and you're not going to say that food tasted like Ponderosa or anything like that. Yeah, like, like You're going to walk out that. and go, right. Yeah, you're gonna not a golden corral. No, right. no, you couldn't have. And the character interactions there are out of this world. Right. Well, that's where it really shines. I mean, in the evening at dinner, you you've got the Wicked Stepsisters, and you've got Prince Charming, and you've got um, the Wicked Stepmother, and and you know that's all of the stuff on top of Cinderella. And so the the interactions are so great. And and I was a little concerned when they went to the. Um, uh, sort of more Alice in Wonderland, you know, Britlet, <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it, breakfast. But it really takes the the Mad Hatter's persona, which you know gives it a, a similar goofy vibe with a twist. That's pretty. Cool. Also, I've not been there for that. It also gives the um, different perspective of not just princesses right, right. at breakfast. You know what I mean? Where it's Mary Poppins and it was at Winnie the Pooh and Tigger come yes. along with the Mad Hatter. And it just gives you that. It's not like Akashores or whatever it is in Epcot or Cinderella's Royal table. You know, you feel like you're doing something totally different, Yeah, which is and, nice. And, 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 and I mean, I if you think about it, it, it it gives you that goofy vibe that you would expect from having a meal with the Mad Hatter and Tigger. Right. I wouldn't I will not confirm nor deny that I've had any uh any consortium with the um, evil stepsisters <laughs> in the dinner time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean I mean my daughter even enjoyed, you know, as much as it, we 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 always joke cuz she's you know she's 17 now and, and this last summer we went back and we went to 1900 Park Fair for dinner and um at that point she was 16 but um you know she's always said that that you know, when she was 12 or whatever she said uh, you know I'm I'm over princesses unless we're at Disney right and that's the difference right and 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 so even at 16 she was able to relax and and be goofy with the stepsisters because they create the show 
Right. Exactly. You you don't have to you don't have to force yourself into the action. They bring the action to you and make it a fun atmosphere. And I can't believe she's seventeen. I, I remember remember you posting about her bat mitzvah. It's like, oh my gosh, she seven. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Yep. Keep going. Um. All right, but we, we, we've kind of skipped over. We went straight to dining, so we haven't talked about the rooms at Grand Floridian, which really does it a disservice because, you know, it's it's built to be uh, the flagship resort, and so it, it the rooms were designed the same way. Um, you know, the the uh, standard guest room at the Grand Floridian again, it's two queen beds and a day bed, and we're now up to four hundred and forty eight square feet. Uh, so these are now the largest standard rooms, um, five guests, you know, you can use the day bed. Um, and it's interesting cause Grand Floridian is, is somewhere between the design of contemporary and design of, of Polynesian, right? You, you, you don't quite have the single tower like you do at contemporary. Um, there are a number of, of sort of outlying buildings at Grand Floridian, um, but it's not as distributed as the Polynesian is. It's a little more concentrated than the Polynesian. Right. Right. But the design of the rooms themselves is just, it's over the top. I, I've, I've, I've not been in them, but I've seen pictures of like um, the TVs in the bathroom mirror. I mean, just the, the touches that you really, you don't, you're not going to see in any other Disney resort other than that. That's what like kind of, threw me off a little it was like it's a little above my taste like it's nice but it's a little too much for me and i'm 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 not a fancy person you know i mean it's beautiful don't get me wrong but it's a little over the top for me and that's what that's what disney does they they want to count they want to uh offer different things to different you know, markets. So exactly. this is these are the people that want to stay in the most opulent place they can possibly stay, and they deliver. Disney delivers like they always do. Right. I mean, it's exactly built for. I want the highest of high end, and I don't want to have to worry about anything. When I want something, it's there for me, and that's what it has. You know, we considered staying um, in the honeymoon suite when my wife and I got married 12 and a half years ago. And at that point, we were talking about over $900 a night for a hotel, for, for the, the honeymoon suite in that, in, that, in that resort. It was unbelievable. But I have no doubt that we would have gotten what we paid for. Right. And that's the real key. You know that that they deliver on the on the promise. Now, the the vast majority of the rooms are those those standard rooms, but because of the clientele that the Grand Floridian sort of um, you know markets to, because there's also a small convention center there that's attached to the Grand Floridian. Um, so, in addition to the standard rooms, um, and before we even get to the the more recently built DVC wing, there are 25 suites that are, are standard hotel room suites. So they're not the DVC suites with a kitchen. Um, right. So they do have some, some um, you know, regular, regular one bedroom and two bedroom um, suites. And, and I mean, I, I'm laughing at myself when I say regular because their typical one-bedroom suite has two queen beds, a queen sleeper sofa, and is 930 square feet. 
It's amazing. a little on the small side. <laughs> the, the, the two bedroom, the two bedroom suite with a king king bed, two queens, and a queen sleeper sofa, max occupancy of eight, is over thirteen hundred square feet. Wow! Like I said, my first two bedroom apartment was only yeah. a little bit bigger than that, if that, and, and has three bathrooms. Yeah, three and you rented baths. it. <laughs> uh, right, and I rent it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I pay that every month. Every um, month, yeah. exactly. And you had to furnish it, and you had to cook in it. <laughs> and I didn't get three ba- bathrooms with that either. Mm-mm. So then, the next update to Grand Floridian, um, or the next update to DVC after Bay Lake Tower, um, I think I'm getting them in sequence right. Was um, the villas at Grand Floridian? Yep, um, you got it. Now, those at Grand Floridian is one of the smallest DVC additions, as far as I understand it. Is that correct? You mean as far as space or as number of rooms? Uh, number of rooms. That's what I understand, yes. Right. It has, is it two buildings? Um, well, so it's it's 147 villas. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think if you go out of the main building, you go right towards the DVC pool. Mm-hmm. Instead of left towards the Magic Kingdom. Right, right. right. Isn't that towards the uh, wedding pavilion? Yes. It's in between. Right. It's in between yeah. the existing building and the yeah. okay. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, now, those those villas, they have some interesting configurations. I mean, only 147 of them, but they've got, um, you know, deluxe studios that accommodate five, um, plus uh, one-bedroom villas, two-bedroom villas, and their limited number of three-bedroom grand villas, those three-bedroom grand villas will accommodate up to 12. So, you know, it's the room that, that again, it's going to be pricey, but you could do a whole family reunion gathering, frankly. Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is they're, 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 they're very rare, and they're very expensive, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're not cheap. Um, but... They're, but they're very large. They're very large. Not yeah. everyone's looking for cheap. There and it's go. interesting because you know how I mentioned that they don't they don't even mention the Grand Villas at um, Bay Lake Tower on their flyer, on the Grand Floridian t- flyer, they mention them right, and they say a limited number of three bedroom Grand Villas accommodating up to twelve guests may be available upon request, but it's the only room type that they don't actually offer the diagram of. Right. And you got a call and you, yeah, right. You, you, you need a lot of help to get those. Um, but even the two bedroom, I mean, the, the typical two bedroom villa is over 1200 square feet, 1232 square feet. Um, you can have nine guests plus the, the one child, you know, um, under age three in a crib, um, really nice, large balcony. Um, those balconies at, at, Grand Floridian, if you get them on the, the side that faces the theme parks, just a gorgeous yeah. view because you're looking square yeah. at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's a little cramped, but, you know, we can make do. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 1,400 square feet, like, oh, geez. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll get there. We'll, we'll squeeze nine of us in there. Now, I, I will say it looks it like killed. the Grand Floridian um, – the the that two bedroom villa, um, still only two full bathrooms. Yes, that's one of the big things that Bay Lake has that 
most places don't have is the third bathroom, the yeah, full bathroom. I don't bathroom. understand that either. The fact that you know they did that in Bay Lake, and yet and then didn't Grand Floridian, yeah, was that was later. like it was two developments later, and they st- yeah. and they didn't do that. I don't get that. I think it was a space thing, right? I mean, they only had 147 rooms, and the, even that they were squeezing to get them in. Um, and uh, they also tried to pick up on some of the design concepts from the Polynesian. The idea being, you know, the way they broke up the space and, and positioned the doors and things. The idea was that you could get as much use out of the two bathrooms that they provide as you could out of a three, ba- uh, you know, out of three bathrooms just because of the way they were designed. But the two bedrooms still have so much space with the yes. three bedrooms. Like, the the three bathrooms, sorry. True it's, enough. No, I agree. But, I mean, the four-year bathroom is amazing at the Bay Lake Tower. Like, it is right. literally perfect. But, but again, they had more room to play with. Um, now, you know, the, among the other things that really stand out at, at the Grand Floridian and at the Villas, for that matter, um, is that it's the resort that is one monorail stop away from the Magic Kingdom. Um, yeah, you got to get on the monorail to get there. Uh, at least as far as I know, the, the bridge is the bridge proposed, is but hasn't yet. opened yet. Um, yeah, and most people are very happy to get on a monorail for one stop. Right. It's a quick one stop to the magic kingdom. Um, now the flip side to that is it means you're the last stop coming back. <laughs> that loops all the way true. around. Yep. The other flip side is if you're going to Epcot, you have to take the resort loop to TTC and then get on the which is monorail, after, which is a pain in the butt. Yeah, because that's after contemporary. That's a long ways around before you get to right. TTC. It's quicker to just take an Uber, right? It sounds terrible, but it's quicker and easier. Yeah. But if you're staying in Grand Floridian, do you care? You're no, saying, not at all. Like, what's no, your if you're staying in Grand Floridian, bucks? you call for a minivan, right? I'm just saying, if you own a $3 million house, are you going to complain about the electric bill? You know, whatever. Um, it does have a very well-regarded um, club level at at um, Grand Floridian. And it's sort of interesting because um, their their club level is at um, Grand Floridian. You know, we talked about how at the Polynesian, it has its own building. Um, at Grand Floridian, the club level is sort of broken into two, and they have – the Royal Palm Club and Sugarloaf Lodge, and they're two separate areas. Um, so, you know, y- your mileage may vary, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> if you're right. picky about your club level service, um, then then you want to be careful about what room you're booking and, and which um, which of those you have access to. Well, I've had clients stay in the non main house and they said it was very nice it was a little loud but it was nice to have their own building to feel like they were exclusive which is nice yeah right and the the flip side to that is the convenience of being in the main building and you know especially during the rainy season not having to walk outside correct that there is you get that. off the monorail, you walk right in, they welcome you, and you walk right to your room. Yeah. Um, okay. So so we've talked about all three of these resorts. Um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the the sort of I mean, and obviously we've we've said 
at each stop that that each of these resorts may be the right choice for the right guest. So so let's talk about some examples of, of who might be the guests who would choose these resorts. Um, and maybe we'll start with the contemporary. You know, who who's your classic contemporary resort guest? My contemporary guests are multi-generation families that most people have already stayed at the contemporary or want to have the walking aspect of going to the magic kingdom so it's like the grandma and grandpa that have a room and then they are paying for their son or daughter and their grandkids so they have two rooms easy walking like you know you get a kingdom stroller and you just roll it right over there and it's so easy to go to the magic kingdom for a few days you do epcot one day animal kingdom another day and hollywood studios and you you have a great six seven day vacation Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim, anything you want to add? Any, anything that you, you know, any other guests that you would point out as, as sort of classic, uh, contemporary resort guests? Absolutely. Because, uh, you've got, you've got certain people that that's the kind of design that's going to appeal to them, but they also want to have the access to the, um, to the really uh, what I would consider world class dining between the, the California grill, uh, all the different, uh, offerings. Of the uh, of that particular resort, plus as uh, Willie said, you know, being able to take a kingdom, kingdom stroller right across the walk to get right into Magic Kingdom. If Magic Kingdom is your des- the destination of choice, and you want to have great dining available to you, that's the kind of people I would be sending to that resort. It's a good point. It's kind of a, a, a nice balance for those folks who, you know, on the one hand, they've got small kids with them, so they're going to spend a lot of time at Magic Kingdom. But on the other hand, they're kind of foodies, and they're going to want access to to great dining options. I mean, for me, the typical guests that I'm putting at, at Disney's Contemporary Resort are those guests who, um, in particular, have younger children who really want that convenient walking access to Magic Kingdom. Um, their their vacation is going to really center around Magic Kingdom. Um, and then we'll, we'll put them at, at Contemporary. Because to be honest, if, if your taste is going to send you more to Epcot and Hollywood Studios – it doesn't make a lot of sense to stay at the contemporary. There are better exactly. options closer to the parks where you're going to spend more time. But but if you're building your vacation around Magic Kingdom, then then contemporary makes a lot more sense in in those circumstances. Um, so so if we move down the monorail and and look at Grand Floridian, um, flagship hotel, you know the the grand entrance. Um, you know Tim, who are you going to send to the the Grand Floridian? These are the people that want to pull out all the stops that, you know, money is not an object. They want to experience the best of what Disney World has to offer, whether it is rooms, uh, concierge service, whether it is the fine dining, the uh, ability to have, you know, really top shelf anything from food to drinks. Um, And they want that easy monorail access to the Magic Kingdom. That's who I'm taking there. Okay. Willie, anybody you want to add to that? I like to add my um, hiring clients that want to have the um, location, location, location with the um, amenities from the higher-end restaurants to the quieter pools to the let less crowded pools at the same time, um, you know, or the exclusive dining, you know. I mean, Citra goes – I don't eat there, but a lot of people <laughs> love to eat there. 
So yeah, you should try. You wouldn't time. see me there very often. <laughs> oh, right, because you're too picky. Yeah, I'm way right. too picky. Well, so the, the guess that I would add to Grand Floridian is I, I think that Grand Floridian is probably the um, the most adult feeling uh, Magic Kingdom area hotel. Um, and so it's the one that is going to be probably the most popular with honeymooners. Um, there, it's a, it's a great option for honeymooners because they can have that private, especially with a theme park view, they can have that private opportunity to watch the fireworks and, you know, be cuddling on the, the balcony kind of thing. Um, so, and, and, and also have access to those great restaurants that are right there on, on, you know, in the building. Um, I I also think that it's a favorite for those families who have, you know, totally princess obsessed daughters, especially (laughs) younger daughters, right? Cause, cause they feel like they're in the presence of royalty there. Um, even though the feel is, is more Victorian than princess. Um, I don't know. They, they just seem to get that feeling of, being, you know, in the presence of the princesses when they're at Grand Floridian. I think some it's of like the, a royal place. It is. Yeah, it's, the, the, it's, it's all white. It's, it's the scale like, of that grand lobby yeah. too. I mean, especially uh at at holiday time. I mean, if you've got princess obsessed kids and you're going to be at Walt Disney World anytime really in November or December, um frankly even from mid-October on. Um you know the, the the holiday display there in in Grand Floridian, to my mind, is really can't be beat. Um, oh, but in December, you the gingerbread house contest that goes on at the lobby. It's amazing. Gingerbread house yeah. will blow you, your mind. You, you have a massive tree with a which is a great photo op, and then the the you know the gingerbread house that you can walk inside and has a you know smoke belching fireplace in the lobby. It's mind blowing. And and so, you know, I, I really think it, it definitely, I think more than any other hotel at Disney World, you know, they all do a nice job, but Grand Floridian just kind of kicks it up a little extra notch. Agreed. It is it is the top shelf. Now, and we um, didn't even go into the bar that. Oh yeah, we didn't so- even talk about Misners. Misners, yeah, Misners, absolutely. Which I guess is now did it, did it completely change over? That's where we went. Enchanted Rose. Yeah, Enchanted Enchanted. Rose, where we got new drinks that were um, like $15 a piece. I don't think it was the greatest experience we had had. No, it was okay. It was okay. It was kind of dark. And I mean, it's a beautiful location, but they're using Beauty and the Beast way too much and charging us way too much for the same thing. Misners could have given us for right four dollars less. Well, yeah. I, I have the same complaint with with uh, Enchanted Rose that I had with the I don't even know what they call it, but the the blue bar at at the Wave, which is that the way it's designed, it's very difficult to gather a group in the bar. Yes, right, because we you've had got so half, much trouble. Half of the seating is bench seating that's along the wall. The chairs are difficult to move. And the and, tables don't move. Yeah, and the tables don't move at all. So you can't you can't really gather together. And we had, you know, we would have had a group of eight or ten that would have hung out for hours. But instead, you, you really couldn't have a conversation with more than four. Right. right. You were like awkwardly down the 
into the hall. Yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing down there? Exactly. Yeah, you're bellied around the bar, and it's like, oh, you're way down there. Yeah. Right. It was like one of those tables where you couldn't move, so someone had to sit on the end. But then the end meant that you know you were like you know eight feet away, which is today's pretty good, but <laughs> <laughs> today's standard. Right? It's great, but no. But I'm glad you mentioned that. That's a good point. Um, and you know, they have some nice high end stuff on that menu. I mean, they've got a fantastic scotch menu and a really nice bourbon menu, but, um, they have a great menu. It's just a terrible setup in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't love it. The menu's the only thing that's got, that it's got going for it. It needs a little adjustment. Right. Well, now I will say, I will say that the patio area looked nice. We didn't go hang out in the patio area for whatever reason, Um, but the the outside area seemed to be a little bit more laid back and, and might've been, might've worked better. I think, I think it was raining when we got there, which is why we didn't head to the outdoor spot. Right. Um, all right, so th- that's your that's your typical recommendation for Grand Floridian. Who are you going to send to Disney's Polynesian res- Resort? Actually, officially Disney's Polynesian Village. Um, you know, I-, I think for me, Polynesian Village is a-, a great destination for folks who want the excitement of the Disney vacation, but also have some trepidation about the sort of. Um, the 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 intensity of it right the the always go 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 vibe because i i think that more than any other resort polynesian helps kind of cut down on that and helps to to convey a more laid back atmosphere than just about any place else on property yeah i'll i'll pick it up from there the thing that uh that strikes me is it really comes down to one word and that's variety yeah because you've got the ability to relax You've got the ability to get into, you know, the the nightlife of Trader Sam's. You've got the ability to, um, you know, shop around the 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 shops in the and the and the um, in the main building. There's there's just so many things uh, on the you know the beach, the fireworks that you can see from you know several different good places with good sound. There's um, you know, there's just so and the the pools. pools there's so much yes. the pools. There's so much that that the resort has to offer, and that's that's what I think appeals to me the most. Is I like it because there is so much variety. Okay, yeah, no, and I w- I would add that um, it's great too for those people who have kids who are really into you know there, there's that phase that a lot of kids go through where they're really into various forms of transportation. And when kids are really into that, the Polynesian can be so fantastic because you can do a boat one day and a, a monorail the next day and a bus the next day. And, you know, it, it, it's it's that little everything kind of thing, similar to what you were saying in terms of having right. lots of options. Yep. Um, you know, for some kids, getting to do all of those things in a few days' time is a thrill in and of itself before they even walk into a park. Well, the other thing you can do is like, you know, if you have an older brother and younger sister or brother, one can take the boat and one can take the monorail and have that race. Who oh, can fun. get there first? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think exactly. about those things. But like a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, that's a huge thing. Like, Absolutely. We beat you. Yeah, right. I mean, we beat you. We got there faster. You know, I mean, those things mean a lot to these <laughs> yeah, kids. Both of you do that. I'm going to get an Uber. I'll be bald. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Those are great points. Um, And I think that that's true. I also think that if if it's a guest who is going to do the kind of club level experience for the first time, 
I think I'd send him to the Polynesian before I sent him anywhere else. I, I just I feel like the level of service at the club there at the Polynesian is you know. just that half step more comfortable. Um, maybe a little less. The formal. building makes it. Hawaii makes the oh, yeah. club level. I mean, you have that double decker building where you just you can't say no. Well, and I mean, I think some people who have never stayed club level before can get a little intimidated by it, and and I can understand that. Like if you're at the if you're in the Tower Club at at Contemporary or you're at Sugarloaf, if you're not already comfortable with it, you might be a little uncomfortable in the lounge. But but the attitude at the Polynesian is so laid back that it's a really great way to experience a club level for the first time. I think you can get comfortable with it really exactly. quickly. Exactly. But I think the Polynesian is so perfect for the total relaxation. Yeah. Because, you know, they welcome you, but they don't force you into anything. It's like, aloha, and then it's just your home. Go to your room. Relax. Right. Do your thing. We're here for you. Blade when you need come us. in. Right. Whatever you need, you do it, but you don't have to worry about anything, which is so nice. Okay. And can I share my one it's, I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to, you know, we're going to get email on this one, but uh, my, can't wait. the best thing for me about the Polynesian is thank God. I believe they have finally changed out the holiday music track at the Polynesian because, oh my, <laughs> some of the holiday music they were playing was just some of the most offensive, stereotypical garbage uh, it, it was downright offensive. It bothered me. And all the better. Yeah. The, the, well, the, let's let's call and see if they'll play it again. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling so you, special, the, 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 the Polynesian version of the 12 Days of Christmas that they played was just awful. <laughs> I would just as soon hear the drunk 12 Days of Christmas, right? Yeah. I, it would be preferable. I'd rather hear Paul Lawson sing that. <laughs> I bet he would oblige if we asked him. All right. So, Paul, <laughs> if you send us, if you if you record it for us and send it in, we'll make that our holiday show. It's, it's on the it. show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure he does. <laughs> All right. So, so just to wrap us up one last time around, um, Tim, if you you know budget was no object, which of these resorts would be your choice for for a you know week-long Walt Disney World stay? My choice would still have to be Polynesian just because, like I said, the variety of the place. You know, the fact that for me, it's less about the parks and more about the relaxation and the experience. Uh, that would be my choice. How about you, Willie? Where are you staying for a week? I think I'm going to have to stay at the Polynesian also. It's just so easygoing. Like I said, the pool, the pool, the restaurant the restaurant location location like you said earlier you you have so many transportation options you're so close to everything like it's it's a no-brainer right well there you go tiki man it's a clean sweep i would agree oh you're going there too if i'm if i'm picking if i get my choice and there's there's no budget consideration at all i'm going to spend a week at the polynesian it's I don't need the the atmosphere of the of the contemporary, which often feels so rushed and and busy. And I've stayed at the at the Grand Floridian, and I like it. It's a very nice place. Um, 
it just doesn't feel homey like Polynesian Village does. It doesn't. It doesn't give me that sort of instant sense of of you know calm and secure like the Polynesian does. Polynesian's home. Yeah. And I will tell you this: if budget is no concern, I'm going with one of the overwater bungalows. Absolutely. Well, so you well, can enjoy that. I got to say, I, I think they made a design error when they when they put those there. I think it was a poor choice because they're way too close to the boats with their to horns the horns in the yeah, morning. I agree. Okay, there, that is true. That I will give you that. I'll take the king room. But I can sleep through most anything. So there you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, there you go. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take a King Kamehameha suite in the in in Hawaii in the Hawaii building, um, you know, and and get that that club level experience um, in in a fantastic room. And if it's no budget considerations, I'll I'll take that two bedroom grand suite. Well, I'll have cool. my Lucky Charms and drink my Bud Light. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like a You're plan so to me. high class. <laughs> I'm real high class. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, you all have heard our opinions of these monorail area resorts. We'd love to know what you think. What's your favorite? If you could pick one and budget was no object, which one would you pick? And frankly, what did we miss? What, what should we have talked about with these resorts? Because... I'm sure there's something we missed. Um, let us know. Let us hear about it. Send an email here to podcast at disdads.com. Um, you can also reach us individually. You can get an email to Tim by sending your message to tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. Or you could send it to Willie directly at Willie at Wicked mousetravel.com and me well you can get me at aaron at mousemastertravel.com and that is a-a-r-o-n aaron at mousemastertravel.com until next time I've been your host along with my fantastic co-hosts Willie Crocker have a wicked wild night and Tim Hicks we'll see you real soon
play the dance. I got to keep on. I don't play the damn thing, man. I got to keep on. I don't play the dance. I got to keep on. I don't play the damn thing.